and gentlemen, welcome to an episode of The Art Tenders with Mac and Dan. I am Dan, he is Mac. Hi! We may be, you know, a bit out of shape, but we're getting back into shape. Uh, m- mostly to blame, that's for me, but nevertheless, nevertheless, and... I think the both of us. I think the both of us, yeah, perhaps, but nevertheless. So, not too long ago, and we also put up the episode already, feel free to check it out, we interviewed a friend of ours that we met at Southern... Mi- Su- Wow, Southern Methodist University. Party bell. Yes. Uh, when we were attending said university, uh, his name is Jonathan Hodges, but perhaps you know him as Bometheus, and we wanted to take a deep dive both into the album Seasons of Limbo, which released this year, 2021, and we also wanted to interview him, and you can check out that interview wherever else you're hearing this episode as well. Now... Seasons of Limbo. But he especially said Bandcamp, because Bandcamp is the way that he gets the most money from the music. For sure. So, yes, if you want to listen to the interview, uh, it's probably on the same feed that you're hearing this. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, if you want to listen to the album Seasons of Limbo and the rest of his music, you can find it wherever you find your music. But if you want to support him best, it is via Bandcamp. Now, Mac, I know... You were wanting to interview Jonathan because we have known him for a few years. Yeah. And I am so happy also that we did interview him Me too. because he is such a fascinating oh my gosh, young man. Yeah. And just brilliant. It's I mean the smartest guy. Astoundingly so. Yeah. And, but, but I think I texted you immediately after and was like, I was unaware that he was he was at that level. And not to be like an indictment of no. like we were expecting him to be like foolish not or anything all, like not that. At all. But it's it's a sort of wonderful feeling and it takes a bit of humility to feel this. But it's nice whenever you're in a room with somebody and they make you actively feel like you're dumb. But not in the sort of uh degrading way, not in yeah, the sort no, of no, like no. yeah, you're dumb. It's we're, the sort of like I am yes, I am just so well researched as a yeah. human being yeah. that you can't help but just sink your teeth into the knowledge that somebody carries, right? Absolutely. And so Jonathan Bometheus uh exuded that so much. Um so I did find it very much so a pleasure to have interviewed him. I agree. I, I, I agree tenfold. Now, what, what were you uh, going to get into? Well, what I did want to ask you is that, so this is your pick. Uh-huh. This, this selection. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I'll, I want to ask you from the forefront, what made you choose this album, I suppose, at this time? Like, yeah. And then did you listen to the album first? Or did you say, hey, let's actually review this, and then you listen to the album? What was your selection process like in terms of uh, picking? Seasons of Limbo. Um, I gotta say that I, uh, so, so so Jonathan and I ha- had been talking a little bit about like you know maybe we um, could work something out maybe he could get on the podcast maybe we could interview him because I I, I knew that that would just be such a fun interview and yeah. that would be such a, such a good time we'd all have a good time there um, and you know we, we that 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 was the case uh, but I didn't really know if we were going to. Um, actually review something of his. I, I, I had no idea at first, um, but I did know quite a bit of his work already, and I knew that it was at the level, uh, and he had had enough practice to where I, I I felt pretty comfortable. I felt pretty comfortable review, reviewing his stuff. Yeah. Where I, because it would be very awkward if we got in here and we were like, yeah, so you know that guy we talked to last week? Not Awful, the trash, oh my God, yeah. it's the worst. Kind of a poor musician. My no. ears bled. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but the, um, 
I, I knew that wouldn't be the case. Yeah. I knew that wouldn't be the case because he... Well, first of all, he's just such a talented musician uh, outside of the, the music that he makes under the name of Bometheus. But also, the albums that he has released already, I had looked through and or listened to and, and really enjoyed. Um, as well as I knew that he had, he had uh, been sending out talking about all the different um, critics that had talked about him. Right. Or like different reviews that he had gotten that were pretty like high praise. And I was like, oh, dang, this kid's really picking up steam. So... Yeah, I, I did not listen to Seasons of Limbo beforehand, but I knew that it was definitely something I wanted to pick because I trusted him and his music-making abilities. And so this also is not the first album that we've reviewed on this show. Uh, it's, it's, once again, another album that Mac has selected, and once again, I'm very much so glad after the fact that he did select this one. Um, and each album has been you know, different in one way or another, but what I loved so much about this in particular was the clear labor of love that this album exhibits, right? Sure. And there's something very cozy, uh, cozy is a funny word, but cozy about the fact that uh, a lot, if not the vast majority, if not the entire album was recorded in his bedroom, right? Yeah. And then anything that was done by different musicians, uh, perhaps he did in the same space or he had them send it in, right? Um, so, for example, one of them was uh, somebody, somebody that we know, Travis Carroll, right? Mm. Uh, who provided his wonderful guitar skills. Uh, and then there's, you know, a saxophone and all I'll need, right? So, but um, what's so clear and so beautiful about it is, yeah, it's, it's a lot more intimate, right? So there isn't, an insane production quality to this album, right? You listen to the other albums that we reviewed. You listen to Pony. You listen to Mad Villainy. You listen to uh, uh, Folklore as well. You're not going to get the same level of production, right? But but it's a different expectation. Mm -hmm. And so then what reads so much clearer is, um, and not saying the other albums didn't achieve this, but what reads so much clearer is, I want to do this. You know, there's yeah. there's this, there's a sense of there's a like, hunger. There's a hunger for it, yeah. and like I want to actively put this out there. Yeah, that makes sense. And that so, sense. could he have sat on all eleven of these songs and really fine tuned them production quality wise? For sure. Yeah. Yes, but there's something beautiful about the fact that okay, this is it in the moment, and and what we learned during the interview as well, and what I also definitely appreciate is that how he treats his both his uh, artist name Bometheus as a project title as opposed to an identifier yeah right that he is uh working under the guise of Bometheus and Bometheus is the exploration of himself and just that's just how he approaches his work yeah and then there's also the fact of um that he releases an album each year. Yeah. But he doesn't treat them as, like, finished projects, mm -hmm. per se. Because, I mean, as as artists, right, if we try to, like, start a project and then finish it to the utmost degree, it's going to take so incredibly long for us yeah. to even come close to finishing it, period, right? Yeah. I mean, we think about a multitude of artists that... 
there are year-long gaps in between albums, right? Because they have to mm-hmm. fine-tune everything. They may uh-huh. release like a mixtape or an EP And that's here dozens and there. of people working and on the album. Exactly, and perhaps yeah. a single, right? But there is so much fine-tuning that goes into it. And but So then what I enjoy so much is not necessarily the lack of fine-tuning because that's a whatever. That's just a sort of byproduct of what occurs. But it's sort of like, this is me in the moment. This is me in the now. This is where I am in terms of yeah growth. it feels like a checkpoint it feels like a checkpoint exactly. or, or, or a little bit of a photo album yeah something yeah. that he was talking about a bunch throughout the interview that i so appreciated and i mean it was the biggest it seems like the biggest note he had for himself as well as the biggest note that i had for the album was um the fact that he is absolutely ready to get in a studio yeah um and it, it's not like it's poor production quality or or its poor sound quality but you can tell it was made in, in uh, a, a bedroom or yeah. that it, that it was made like you know in, yeah. in a house um yeah. and that's not like a, like to its detriment necessarily no. i mean it's it could be treated that, as part of the charm or it could be treated as like an indictment if you want to want it to right right, right. um depending on what you're looking for exactly. exactly yeah and so the uh the thing that i i um that I so enjoyed about it is, I mean, in our interview, whenever he said, not just like, I'm re- I, I really want to get in a studio, but, um, or I need to get in a studio, but I feel like I've done everything that I can do yeah. from my bedroom. Um, and it feels like it's pretty true. The I think. next step for him, yeah, like in terms of progression as yeah. an artist, in terms of growth, unless right? he became like a DJ or like a the audio editor, yeah. in terms of a music as a musician. He has done what he can do in a bedroom. It is time for him to grow and get into a studio. And I think so much so that when you look at this album as a, like a stepping stone, when you look at this album as, uh, once again, like a, like a piece of a staircase, right? Just another step on a staircase. And it's this upward trajectory of the growth that is Jonathan Hodges's Bometheus, right? When you look at it like that, I think it paints the album in, in a much better light, right? Because because mm-hmm. honestly, by itself, I think the album is good, but it's it's nothing to be like, whoa, right? And, uh-huh. and that's just me. And also, it's not like I'm going to have the words to properly describe why that is because I'm not that well-versed <laughs> in music. And if I had Jonathan behind me, he could probably maybe describe for me hey, you're probably feeling this way because of a b and c and i'll be like sure yes thank you so much but i do not have that vocabulary so you're just what i'm armed with is just my experience right and maybe it's because of the the folk nature of this album maybe it's um the sort of um how it's not necessarily all the lyrics are the same but uh a lot of the songs take this sort of a uh, similar exploration in terms of existentialism and um this contrast and this juxtaposition between like really dark and depressing lyrics uh to the backing of very hopeful fun music you know mm-hmm. and so then when when you approach where are my people then it's it's a true treat because it's just like oh there is something very hopeful about this now yeah you know like i don't have to like hide this anymore um but with that being said still it's really exciting to look at this album as a piece of growth material and yeah. see where else can it go and maybe this is a sizzle serve and if you don't know our sizzle serves here we don't call them hot takes we call them sizzle serves and my, maybe my sizzle serve here is the fact that the one song that i think you can really 
sort of um, speculate where the growth uh, is going to come from, or I'm just really intrigued by what next steps he would take from this song, would actually be the intro to nothing. So every single song on this album is its own individual song, right? Then you have track number six, smack dab in the middle of the album. It's this 30 second intro to the song that's uh, that goes right after it, right? But what intrigued me so much, and I guess it plays into the next step for, for Bometheus as well, is the production quality of that intro. Mm. That it felt like... So, what the intro starts with is there's this like radio static and then it drowns out into some vocals and then drowns into some more instrumentation. And so it makes me really curious about like, it feels like he's dipping his toes into something different, right? Where there's a, there's a certain sound that is accompanied by the entirety of this album. Right. And so then hearing the intro to nothing, it makes me curious what other sounds can he do? Yeah. You know, and so, like I said, it's dipping that toe and it makes me ever more curious about, so then what happens if he dives head first into something that's completely completely yeah. unknown? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, so like what what is the unknown for Bometheus? And I think that's so much of the excitement from this album right. that if you look at it, like I said, as a stepping stone, then it feels like the possibilities are sort of endless for yeah. for his growth, as opposed to because you can look at Mad Villainy, right, by MF Doom and Madlib as a sort of quintessential perfect peak album, right? Yeah. Um, but if you treat it as a growth album, then you think to to yourself, where else could they grow? Right. You know, and but if you treat this album not necessarily as uh, Bometheus's peak album, but as his growth album then your it mind it is very right, exciting right. your mind your mind wanders yeah. into just the endless possibilities so it's it's and and then you get a certain appreciation for other songs like all i'll need like traffic like where are my people yeah. what else can he do there's there's also something so uh unique about this album that, and and it didn't really dawn on me until you were just talking that um most of the artists that I can think of that I really, really enjoy, um, they they can't replicate 100% the sounds that they make on the album live. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like whenever they do their live performances, they have to edit things or or refocus them to, to, to make them... Conducive yeah. to a live performance. Yeah. Um, and whatever that means. You whatever, know, right. it, it could be a numerous multitude of factors, but yeah. Exactly right. And so... What's something, something that's interesting about this album and pretty much all the music that Bometheus has made is that if you were to get the right musicians together, it would be you, – you, you could make it sound exactly like this but live. Sure. Uh, and that's, that's, I think, something that will be interesting to see next album because just like you said with the Nothing intro, I feel like you won't be able to do that with the next album. That, that's just my inclination. That I, that I feel like – by the next album, he will have made sounds that you cannot reproduce live because he will have the resources to experiment with sounds like the sounds we heard in Nothing Intro. Mm-hmm. So would that be, to, to you, would that then be a benefit? That would be like, sound effects. That would be like a, like big storytelling, imaging, things sure, like that. Sure, 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 sure. That, that would 
make a difference. I think that yeah. that would be really cool. And treating the 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 record, the album, less of a sort of live performance that was put, you right. know, onto uh, some sort of recording device, it does and, sound and like more that. so into like this is a piece of art. Yeah. And, and not hold. Oh, let me let me walk Damn. back. Hold All on. Right. No, 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 no. Let me walk back a few steps. Let me walk back a few <laughs> steps because then I just sort of implied that this is not a piece Get of art. Get the ladder it climb is. out of the grave. Oh no, 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 no. It, this. <laughs> I am not trying to imply that this is not a piece of art, but I, but I want to hone in on the storytelling effect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That when you do open yourself up to these more options then you do open yourself up to more crazy storytelling that you can't normally do if it was a live performance yeah. because then it wouldn't be fun or it wouldn't read well yeah. as a live performance. And sometimes, like, the best records could be very much so that, that it's like some of the songs on there are not best for live performance. There are so many albums that have interludes, talking interludes in them. Why? You know, like, mm-hmm. but like, because why Why in the sense of nobody's going to perform them live. Yeah. Nobody's going to do that live. Why would people want to go to a concert and hear something, hear a conversation live? That's just theater. They're not going for theater. Right, They're going right. to see somebody perform right. a concert, some music, right? Um, But it's part of the storytelling of the album, of the record. And so then, yes, I think... Once again, it's another one of those possibilities that does make your mind wander as to what other storytelling now beats could Bometheus do in his next yeah. next records. And then and perhaps because because what it is is that so far these records have been like pieces of music that have been put together and part of this year-long project, right? But that doesn't necessarily inherently mean that all these songs are really connected with one another, mm-hmm. right? There, there is a lack of cohesion, which is fine. Not every record needs to be that. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to, like, pigeonhole and, like, put this sort of album into a box, mm-hmm. right? But it makes me curious of, like, I really enjoy this album, but I want to see something different because yeah. I just wanted to see what that would be like. Yeah. It, it, it feels like a majority of the songs that he's ever written are more uh, idea-driven than story-driven. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and he's starting to experiment more in this album uh, with stories. Right. Um, but but it's like, but it's the idea and then it births stories. Like, I mean, exactly. the best example is Tornadoes in Dallas. Yeah. He, like, he, he talked about philosophy a lot in, in the interview right. and and that's clearly where he starts. Yeah. You know? That's clearly where, where, his, where his core is. Which is good. Which is absolutely good. But there are some really interesting, just like Tornadoes in Dallas, I totally agree, where you start with an idea or a philosophy or something that he wants to say and then all of a sudden he's now He's, he's now having to tell a story to get that point across, which is, I think, how some of the most focused music is made. And I, I use that word focus specifically because um, it's something that I was thinking a lot about after the interview that we had with him, purely because of Jacob Collier. Because we talked about him for just a second. Right, right, right. Now, it, Mac, who is Jacob Coyer? Jacob Coyer is a musician, uh, a, a British musician that uh, is, is mainly famous for, like, like bedroom music, as just like uh, Bometheus. And uh, he has, like, two, like, world-class uh, string-playing uh, uh, parents and, like, got lessons from Herbie Hancock growing up, which is one of the best musicians in the world. And he, yeah. he's just this prodigy, right? And he has done a bunch of amazing stuff. But... 
He's someone that I love with all my heart. And it's someone that a lot of musicians, including Bometheus, simply do not like. And it's not like they hate him. It's just that they don't prefer him and they don't understand why people are freaking out. Um, like everyone's like, oh, he's revolutionizing music. And they're like, I mean, not really, if yeah. you think about it. Um, that like somebody could have done this a while ago. He's just yeah. choosing to do it now. Right. And or that's are, the argument. I'm not saying yeah, that's Yeah, but even more importantly, and the thing that got under my skin is that people could have done this a while ago, but they didn't for a reason. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he, he's, he's actively like falling into all the traps that musicians knew that you'd fall into if you made the decisions that he's making musically. Um, Such as? Well, I want to get into it. Oh. Afterward from our sponsor. Oh, nice work. Like that tease? <laughs> and welcome back to the Artenders. So, we left off with Jacob Collier. Jacob Collier uh, is someone that I love, someone that Bometheus dislikes a bit, and uh, same with a lot of musicians that I know. A, a lot. Um, he doesn't get the big idea of Jacob Coyer. He uh, doesn't. Overrated. Get him out of here, buddy. Yeah, take a walk. Yeah, kick rocks. Oh, that was good. Yeah. We're starting to dip into that baseball thing. Which baseball thing? Um, the, the the cut of the grass. Oh, the cut of the grass. Oh, the crack of the bat. <laughs> oh, nothing like a good old crack baseball of the game. Bat. Oh, Cracker Jack's seventh inning stretch. Sorry. <laughs> so you were, you were, uh, Mac, you were speaking of uh, Jacob Coyer. Uh, yeah. You know, he, he typically bats a uh, pretty nice batting average, uh, constantly bringing in runners from scoring position. But I think he's batting a good 314. But, but we have Bometheus over here, and he believes that he's actually an overrated player. When you look at the, when you look at the uh, advanced analytics and look at the war of Jacob Coyer, uh, he's been overrated. He's, he's actually shooting kind of low, below average yeah. throughout the rest of the league. Now, well, what are your thoughts on that? Well, funny enough, I'll, I'll actually phrase it in, in, in sports. Um, oh, God. Musicians, two especially people. Bometheus. Two people will get this. I know. Uh, actually, no. Okay, I'll, three. I'll, I'll explain. Yo, you <laughs> All three of them. Yes. Um, he's a volume shooter. Jacob Collier is. In that uh, he lacks focus. What I mean by that. Whenever Jacob Collier makes music, a lot of the times he will uh, add sounds or add music theories that are not necessary. Uh-huh. Um, and that is what makes his music sound so explosive and eclectic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is what people revere him as, or revere him for, and uh, uh, um, put him on this pedestal for, is that he's bringing all of this these new sounds into the forefront of music, which is true. Objectively, and, and it is true. And that's the focus of the exploration. Exactly. It's the exploration of sound, not the exploration of story or, or Exactly. And that's why musicians hate him. Mm. Because if you actually know what you're doing, you're making every single decision within your music for a purpose. And Jacob Collier simply is not. And those are not bad decisions. No. We're, but we're just... We're, but it's not for the sake of the story or for the sake of the song itself or the right. idea. Right. Um, whereas, clear, like we were talking about, clearly, Bometheus, whenever he's writing music, he knows what he wants to say, and then everything comes after that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then songs kind of write themselves. Exa- in a way. In a way. So like, and that's how it's supposed to go for songwriters. Yeah. Um, perhaps. Or, or u- usually, that is how it goes. Uh, for especially lyric-driven songwriters. Um, but Jacob Coyer just simply doesn't give a shit about that. Yeah. And so it, it, it results in... Uh, a 
really, really cool revolutionary sounds, but a lack of focus. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I think that Bometheus has plenty of. Yes. It's focus. And that is why I am most excited for what is going to happen in his, in his career. Yeah. Because he has an amount of focus uh, and an amount of knowledge. And the combination of focus and knowledge is going to make him stand out from every other songwriter making music right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, 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 that's what excites me. That, that's what makes me go, I think that we're talking to someone that's about to be very big mm-hmm. for what he does. I think so too. And I think it's... But it's in terms of focus, it's the focus... To me, on a song-by-song basis. Yeah. Right? Um, And so, let's go back to Tornadoes in Dallas, right? Where this was a song that was written a day or or two after Tornadoes touched down in Dallas. And so then it's this immediate reaction. It's once again a song that's writing itself. That's once again how it was originally recorded was in like a hallway uh, Mm -hmm. at at the university, right? Um, And then, and so... Like I said, it's but it's that intense focus of the moment in terms of the subject matter, yeah. right? And so the entirety of this song is coming from uh, a place of hurt, a place of love, a place of uh, just this sort of amazement at devastation and whatever in terms of amazement means to you, right? There, there are multiple <laughs> definitions of amazement in this yeah. context, right? Yeah. Um, but but so then it's like that, in the Bible, like a biblical amazement. Right, right. But it's that intense focus of the moment. Yeah. Right. And so it's less about the exploration of sounds, like Jacob Coyer. It's more about the exploration of the moment. It's more about the exploration of like what am I what am I feeling right now? What am I experiencing right now? And once again, traffic, another great example. Traffic, what a wacky song. I actually the more I listen to traffic, the more I enjoy it. It's the first song off the album, and it's kind of jarring. Because, it, once again, it's another great example of a piece from this album where you have these dark lyrics juxtaposed by very happy melodies. And then, uh, yeah, somebody is dying. So, yeah, right. Um, but that's another great example of he told us this story as well where he was driving down the highway and uh, somebody cuts him off and he's bleeping all expletives. And then not even five minutes later, uh, he sees a, a, a car to the side that suffered from a car crash. And he has no idea if the person is alive or if, if they're dead, etc. And so, um, but it's what that song comes from is that moment. Yeah. Right. It's the exploration of the moment, and yeah. so then it's it's that sort of exploration from Bometheus of like who am I right now, and so then because of who am I right now, what are the songs that I'm making right now? Yeah. And so then it offers this experience that we talked about it once again in the interview, that it's sort of this album is a time capsule, and that's where. I think kind of the album succeeds the most. Mm-hmm. It's when it is this time capsule. And then because because not only is it a time capsule in, in terms of the development of Jonathan's music, it's a time capsule of the experience of the moment. Yeah. And you can't say that about every artist, right? Because there there's so many songs out there, beautiful songs. Some of our favorite songs are not necessarily about the experience of the moment that's happening right then and there to that individual, right? Yeah, yeah. But 
I'm looking at the track list and so much of it is. Traffic is about experience of the moment. Goodbye COVID-19, tornadoes in Dallas, all I'll need. Where are my people? It's all of those about the moment that he is experiencing vividly and that he is putting to the page and that he is putting to the microphone yeah. as well. And so that is what makes this album absolutely beautiful. And that was what is what makes me so excited about the future of him. And so it's like, okay, so because when you're an artist, you always start with what you know, right? Yeah. Great example, The Wire, where Ed Burns and David Simon started with what they know. And guess what? It was fantastic. And guess what? <laughs> this is fantastic because Jonathan is sticking to what he knows. So then, once again, it makes me ever the more curious what will happen when he dives into the pool. Yeah. What's going to happen? What is that going to sound like? Yeah. What's going to be the sort of record? What what Would there ever be a Bometheus record or would yeah. it be under a different title even if maybe the entire album is one story if the entire album was one cohesive experience about multiple experiences tied together by the final song yeah it's it once again the questions are endless yeah you should take a page from logic's book um because that's what logic does it's like makes a like album story but sure um, but even uh or at least i always refer to this album i refer to it when we talked about folklore kendrick lamar's second uh, album good yeah. kid mad city it is yeah. one cohesive story okay, that's good and i love it but yeah. but i also like love that album for what it is and i don't want every album to be that album yeah you know like my favorite album even like that one's number two but then my favorite album is daft punk's discovery and that is not necessarily a cohesive story somehow they made a cohesive story of it yeah. in interstellar 5555 but if if i was to give one big note uh to this album um other than what we've what we've talked about already sure um it would be that it sounds like he has gotten comfortable. Like, mm -hmm. he's, he's very comfortable in, in throughout this album. Yeah. Um, and not that he's, like, talking about easy things. I got to stop you right there. Yeah. Because there's a motorcyclist that just passes by that, like, really wanted to show that off. It was just like, look. Look at me. I heard they were doing a podcast, and I want to be involved. Yes. I want to be a part of this. He was. And he was. Um, Good for him. So, yeah, I I, th I feel like he has gotten a bit comfortable. Okay. Um, like he has found a sound that he knows how to produce and works and works really well. Yeah. Um, and so I will be interested to see if he just like we said, like if if what happens if he starts doing things that he simply does not know, mm -hmm. if he has to push himself, and 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 he was even talking in the interview. That's something that is like a consistent theme in his life, right? Is that uh, he always feels like he is extremely accelerated. Uh-huh. Uh, and in being extremely accelerated, it's hard to... Be, because really all of the pushing that you are doing, you have to do it to yourself. No one else is going to push you to be better than where you're supposed to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's super scary, too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, but it makes you curious. Like, when you listen to All I'll Need and when you hear that saxophone, you're like, this is different. Right, right, right. But, like, I, I simply don't know enough about music. And I don't know many people that I've met in my life that do know enough about music to tell him what the next step would be. But I think he's ready for that, whatever that is. Yeah. So he is, he is going to have to push himself to do it. Yeah. But he's ready. Yeah, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, another thing that uh, uh, that that you talked about for for just a moment 
with the whole storytelling aspect and something that was that really aided in the experience of this album was his stories behind some of the songs and getting that context. Yeah. And I want to, and I want to really harp on that word context because that in my mind was the thing that affected this album for me the most was whenever we were sitting in our interview, not just the stories that he gave us, but whenever he said, or whenever we all kind of came to the realization together that his, his album is really all about context. Like yeah. he's not going to be able to pick one of these songs to be the one that plays on the radio because all of them need the context of the rest of the album. Yeah. And, and partially in terms of story, but mainly in terms of musicality and in terms of like the themes that he's using, the sounds you need all together. Um, like that's how it was written, which makes sense. Uh, but I would go even further than that. Whenever we started talking about that, I was then inspired to go back and just because I, I do a lot of driving around. I have to drive all the time. While I was in the car, I started listening to just all of his stuff from the beginning. Uh-huh. Everything that I could find of his before I listened to this, and then I listened to this. Mm-hmm. And just like we said, that aided tremendously. Not just because it was cool seeing the stepping stones, but because of the context. Oh, can you can you press on that a little more? How did it aid tremendously? Was well, because you you could you could hear you could listen to the growth. Uh, of like the exploration of how he approached his music, what was it in particular? A little bit, yeah. But also, I just learned a lot about him. Like uh-huh. I, like I felt, and I think that might be why I, I am saying that he's is he, he seems comfortable mm. is because not because I felt like I was listening to the same song because no two songs are are the same with him. No, no, no. Um, that's not what I mean at all. They but, like they may be similar sounding, quote unquote, but that's yeah. because they're using. The same instruments or similar right, exactly, instruments. Exactly. Like, but like it has it's... nothing to do with his songwriting abilities. Nope. Yeah, and, and I think that the more that I listened to him, the more I was like, oh, like he's put out a lot of stuff. Yeah. And it's all pretty fucking good. Yeah. Um, and he... That's not easy. Not, not easy not at easy. all. You don't expect an artist to yeah. always hit, you know? But like I, I started to learn a lot about his music interests and the the themes that he enjoys using the most and the, the 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 styles that he gravitates towards and the choices that he gravitates towards and and so by the time I got to seasons of limbo I was like oh there there's Jonathan again you know what I mean mm-hmm. because because I learned so much about him through the choices that he made in uh, uh music or, or songwriting prior mm-hmm. um yeah and that and that was just cool and I never really thought that that would make much of a difference but Seeing the first album where it's not like he's clearly not pushing himself further than I just want to get an album out because it's my first. Right. Um, you really get his raw instinct. Yeah. That is an instinct album, I would call it. And and it's cool to see how like like what he does different in the next one and knowing now that that is not his instinct. That is not what he is comfortable with. But now we've grown to a point where he he is now fully comfortable, and it's time to go on to the next. It, it, to, to go back to your because you had a, like a like a stair step analogy in the first part. Sure. Yeah. Um. To go back to that, uh, it does feel like each album he has like taken a step up the staircase, but he has reached the second flight, and it's time for him to start up the next flight of stairs to the third floor. Gotcha. So like. You think sort of you're you were speculating that yeah. um he has once, hit the precipice of this sound. Yes. He is he has hit this peak of Bometheus. And like it's time this, to go to this floor particular 
mountaintop. Yeah, it's time yeah. to go to full full. And full. now it's time for a brand new mountain to hike for Mr. Bometheus. Yes. So then, so then, you know what? You know what? Let's let's dip into this conversation. This crazy conversation that we are totally having without Jonathan Hodges. That we are having <laughs> reckless speculation. Bometheus. Love it. Is it time to get rid of the tag? Is it time to get rid of the title, Bometheus? Then. Oh man. Mac. Uh no. Okay. No. I, um, no. And we talked about it in the interview a little bit. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. We're just playing it as a big setup yeah, for the nothing like, answer. Yeah, it's like, okay, sure, yeah. Oh, I'm moving on. Um, because I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, he does need name. to. It's a project title. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And he does need to finish that story. But actually, even if he does, like, even if he does get to the point where he has fully confronted himself mm. or fully, like, fleshed out the idea of like Bometheus being him younger be, being his younger self. Mm-hmm. Let's say that he makes 50 albums. Who who gives a shit? Let's let's say he does it for the rest of his life. And like by album 20, he's already like done everything he can with the Bometheus idea. Everything he does after that, just like we said, deserves requires maybe even the context of Bometheus. That's true. That's true. I think a, a good example, and for those of you who don't know, once again, calling back to previous episodes, but like, so MF Doom, for example, yeah. a, like he's not just MF Doom. There's one, maybe two albums that he's like King Ghidorah, mm-hmm. right? But you don't know much about that unless you have the context that mm-hmm. he is actually the same person. Right, and so then when you look at it through that context, then it's a lot more intriguing to see. Okay, so then why did he name himself differently? What's this exploration? Yeah, et cetera, et cetera, as opposed to just looking at it as one singular mm-hmm. piece. But it's a specific decision that he made, and it's a good one. Yeah, yeah MF Doom. Yes. Yeah, and I actually would be thrilled to hear a a different Jonathan. Yeah. Yeah. So then, or like, to hear just a Jonathan Hodges. To hear one. Jonathan Hodges, or to hear just I don't know, Cupcake Magoo. Like, what does Cupcake Magoo sound like? Cupcake Magoo is the one. I, I think th- it has I to think, be Cupcake Magoo. I think he should uh, don that moniker, Cupcake Magoo. Oh, man. Uh, I we we if what anything, what type of music would Cupcake Magoo make? Oh, but some something bubbly, something fun. Yeah. Um, but there's something very dark and well, sinister cu- with there it. is a Cupcake. Yeah. Artist and that artist Cupcake makes. Mostly uh, songs that you furiously twerk or, or fuck. To. Okay. Wow. All right. Oof, that's yeah. N- it's like really. <laughs> it's really really aggressive. Listen. But, but the point being is that like. <laughs> so it's but, like to put the train back on the track. Sure. Um. So we're just speculating here, but we mm-hmm. are just asking the question into the universe uh, and not giving answers, even though we should give answers because that's always more exciting to listen to, but fuck you. Uh, is that how much is the name Bometheus holding Jonathan Hodges back, if at all, oh, as an artist? That is an interesting way to phrase it. I would say definitely not... Because let's say let's say yeah. his next album, like I'm not saying he's done with Bometheus, but let's oh. say in his next album he just dons Cupcake Magoo or whatever silly Absolutely. nickname, right? I'm not saying Bometheus is a silly nickname, although it's a nickname that happens to be silly. It's not a silly nickname. Mm-hmm. Um, what would that do? 
would that do anything to his development, to his growth, to the exploration of his next album? Oh, like would, would that... he still release an album the next year? Uh-huh. Would he then actually sit on an album? Would he uh, experiment a lot more with uh, instrumentations that he's not comfortable with? Would he collaborate with a lot more artists or maybe no artists at all? What would that do, right? Because he's treating Bometheus as a project title. Mm-hmm. So then what is Bometheus doing for him and then what would Bometheus no longer be doing for him yeah it it just it but it makes me curious and once again once again it is leading to that next step it's leading to the question of where else can he go and that's the exciting part for this artist I agree so I I am curious Danny where would you place this in terms of how how you felt about the album in comparison to other albums that we've reviewed or maybe just uh, other music that you consume just on, on average in your life. Was it something that you felt like you were going out of your way to listen to because it was a friend of ours? Or is it actually on the same plane as really world-scale, internationally acclaimed professional music? There is no way that this can be considered world-scale because of the production quality, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah sure. That's... That's just kind of like how it is, but that doesn't make it uh, world scale quality in terms of the music itself, right? Sure. Right. And so, like as as an album, then we can use the indictment of the production quality isn't really there. So, right? if you were to give the exact same album to a producer, uh, like a world scale producer, yeah, it would be a world scale album. I think. I mean, yeah, I think, I think so. so too. I think so. I really genuinely think so. Yeah. Um. Once again, but also part of the charm of the album is the fact that it's not World Scale Production. Yeah. That it is a lot more intimate yeah. of a piece, right? Kind of reminds you me of Jimmy you, Lawson. Uh, I do not know the reference you were making. Jimmy Lawson is this like guy that he's like best friends with Ed Sheeran or whatever, mm-hmm. but he has refused. He's always stayed indie, and he always like records all the stuff in one take, and and it's cool. Like he yeah. he does he does really. It's cool different. Stuff. It's different. It's very, yeah. Um. So like so that's like I said it. You get this level of intimacy that you don't get in Pony. You don't get in uh, Mad Villainy, right? You don't get that there. What you do get in those albums is like a much higher production quality, but you do get the intimacy in Season of Limbo. And you also get it in Folklore as well because mm-hmm. of how that album was produced as well. That's also another album that was done in multiple bedrooms, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and so, so it's like, of course, it is apples and oranges, Um but it, because it's it's also not necessarily fair because Mad Villainy is a peak album, but this is a growth album. Yeah. I would also consider Folklore to be a growth album, and I would dare so far as to say maybe um, Pony is a peak uh, of one version of Rex Orange County. You yeah. know, uh, so it's once again it's apples and oranges. But I, when it comes to listening to something and then anticipating the future and being curious about the future no album and hardly anything that we've achieved on the show has done that to the degree of this right yeah. and perhaps that is also because we know the feller you know yeah, the that, feller the feller right i'm old uh we know the feller we know the lad we know the fellow um and so perhaps that's playing into it and perhaps it's because we also interviewed him right um, but understanding help. that context, mm-hmm. even so, 
it's still really exciting to see where this album can go. And so it's not so much about the album itself. It's a, it's a lot more to me about what the album represents. And yeah. that's what I love about it. I agree. I what agree. are your final thoughts, your final takeaways? Um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, clearly worth a listen. Uh, and I, um, yeah, and, and partially just because I love the artist as a person, I think that he is, is just so worthy, so worthy of a, of a bigger platform. Um, but also, uh, it's, it's fantastic music. Um, it's really good stuff. I, I, I wish that it got to the point of, uh, I wish that there were a few more easy listens, things that I could put on, like just as I'm, I'm thinking about something else. Cause it is, a, it, it, it is think heavy music. Um, but that's, I, I don't think, I don't think that's a problem though. I think that he should keep making the, the, the types of music that he's making in terms of the, the, the thoughtfulness. Um, cause I mean, clearly that's what interests him and that's what's going to keep him going for the rest of his life. So yes, I would say, please, please listen to it. Please give it a try. Um, yeah, the guy's, the guy's stellar. And uh, yeah, you can, you can find him anywhere at Bometheus uh, on all social media platforms. And he has a freaking hilarious TikTok. So go look at that. Even though he only has like six TikToks, they're hilarious. So please go look at that. Um, with that being said, Danny, what are we consuming next week? <coughs> oh, nice. Oh, God. I, I don't know if you saw. For You're those like holding you, that cough for a while. I was clenching my teeth. You're you're doing a good job though. Thank you for so letting hard. me get it out. Oh my god, that was so difficult. I should have been a better a, a better co-host. I no, but I but I knew I could survive, so I, I wasn't I wasn't too stressed. Okay. If it was getting to the point, then I would have definitely been like wrap this up, right? Like, um, golf. So here's the thing, uh, context context once again. So when Mac and I started this podcast, we. Uh, our, our first episode that you can listen to, whatever platform you're on, is Seven Samurai. But if you notice, is that in the description, it's listed as number two. And we've listed <laughs> every single piece, oh, right, in like in order, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, except for the interviews. Now, you may be wondering, so what is number one? What is... What is the first episode? Well, we, I mean, we did have a first episode. Yeah. Actually, we had an episode zero, but... Uh, we did not, have an episode zero. But we're one. not going to visit that right now. We're not going to um, visit episode zero? No, no, no. We're, we're actually going to visit episode one. We are? Um, yes. Um, so, even though we've already technically reviewed this episode, uh, it is more than likely you've never heard this episode. So, we're going to look at it again. And honestly, because this movie is amazing and everybody should watch it. And I fucking just love this movie. Mac, we're going to uh, discuss next week. Remember the Titans. Fuck you. I love this movie. Oh God. That's going to be exciting. Okay, sweet. Yeah. yeah. I'm happy to talk about it again. I'm, ex- I'm happy to watch it again. Oh my goodness. Oh, thrilling. Thank you uh, then. Thank you for that. Ain't no mountain high enough.